0: Thanks for listening to our sermons from Southbridge Fellowship. For additional resources or service information, visit us online at sfchurch.com. Good morning, Southbridge. How you guys doing? Okay, some of you doing okay. How about the rest of you guys? How you doing? Hey, there we go. There we go. Um, so, I hope you guys all had a wonder-filled Christmas. Get what I did there? Wonder-filled because of the sermon series. Uh, can you believe it, though, that this is, as Ashley was saying, this is the last Sunday that we'll be together in 2019. Like, the next Sunday we meet, we will be in 2020, a whole new year, a whole new decade. To me, 2020 just sounds so, like, futuristic. You know what I mean? Like, wow, 2020. I just, I just can't believe it. Um, and I bet this year is going to be filled with so many perfect vision jokes, puns, right? (laughs) I just can't wait to see them all. Some of you'll get that on the way home, um, but seriously, another year's passed and a new one has come. And I don't know about you guys, but I just feel that the older I get, um, every year that goes by just seems to go by faster and faster. Like it really feels like the beginning of 2019 January. It feels like I blinked and now it's 2020. I don't know if that's the same for you guys, but that's how it feels for me. And I feel like life can just go by so fast, and I'm constantly looking towards what's ahead that I often forget to take time to pause, reflect, and look back on all that God has done. I I recently just got back uh, from England, represent, um, for those that don 't know i 'm originally from England, and so me and my wife we got to go back uh, for the holiday uh, season and it 's always just great going back to England and getting to see old places and familiar faces and uh, what was especially exciting this year is we got to go back during like the run up to Christmas time, uh, which was just special for me because it 's the first time back into my home country for Christmas in nine years and so it was just so great like getting to see old like Christmas traditions and, and getting 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 to see all the stuff that I'm so used to. Um, But what was especially special this time is that I actually got to preach last Sunday at my home church back in England. Um, And why that's even like super special is because it it was 12 years ago uh, to this very year um, that I gave my life to Christ two days before Christmas. And, And so it was just great like getting to be there and to preach in the same church that I got saved at 12 years later and getting to preach on like the exact, almost the exact exact day, it was like one day off, the day that I I came to know Christ, and yeah, okay, yeah, give God praise, come on. Yeah, if you knew what he brought me through, you'd give him more praise than that, but... um. (laughs) But it's, it's just that idea of like going back and remembering like, wow, how much has happened in 12 years, how much God has done in my life, how many stuff that he's done, how much he's changed me, he's grown me, he's molded me. It's just, I can't help but like think and give him praise for that. Um, but it's funny because I feel like C.S. Lewis at times. He says, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Day by day, nothing seems to change. Everything kind of just seems like the regular uh, routine. But if we take time, pause, and reflect, we look back and see how much has actually happened. We get to look back and we see how much we've learned, how much we've grown, how much God has shaped us. We get to see how many amazing people we've met and, and, and stuff that people have done for us. We get to see God have done amazing acts and he's guided us. as faith has been tested so much. God, God provides and, and we see all these things if we take time to look back and see how much he's done. But I feel like sometimes when you're in the midst of life, it's hard to, to pause because we just, we just feel like we can go through the motions and, and everything just becomes like mundane. It's like Monday morning follows another Monday morning and you just get up and, and do the same thing. But I think it doesn't feel like anything monumental is happening because we often forget to look back and see all that God has brought us through to take time to, to remember. We're so fixed on, on tomorrow that we often don't look back and celebrate all that Christ has done yesterday, that, that God is even using those mundane moments of life to test us, to shape us, to mold us, to become more like our Messiah. And I think this is just something we struggle with in our culture because we're, we're so fast-paced that we're afraid to, to slow down and to take time because there's so much to do. But I feel as people of God, we need to take moments to look back to fully appreciate all that God has done. Now, I don't mean looking back in regret, but looking back to remember the wonder of who our God is, looking back to reignite our faith, and looking back in order to retell the stories of all that God has done. So, that's what I want us to do today, is I want us, uh, before we go ahead into 2020, before we jump ahead into the future, I want us to refresh our memory. I want us to create space for us to take a moment and look back. Before we go ahead into 2020, let's go back in time. So my title for my sermon today is Back to the Future. (laughs) Turn to the person sat next to you, look them right in the eye, and say, Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Amen, amen. For those of you that don't know that quote, your homework is to go home and watch back to the future, okay? Uh, Okay, so that was my my long-winded introduction, so let's just take time to pray. Uh, Lord God, we just thank you and we praise you for today. I thank you that we can just come together in this place and we can just seek your face, that we can worship you openly, Lord God, in freedom and spirit and in truth, Lord. And I just pray that as we... As we enter out of 2019 and into 2020, Lord God, I just pray that we just take time to look back and remember who you are and all that you've done for us, that we're not here today by our own strength, Lord God, but it's all to do with you, that even if you withdrew your breath from us, Lord God, we know that we would return to the dust. And I just pray that even if we look back and we see challenges and hard times, Lord God, help us to have a perspective a perspective shift of, that you have brought us through, that we're here today because you are good, you're faithful, and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I want us to jump right into the Word, and we're going to be reading from the book of Joshua, and we're going to start at the end of chapter 3, going into chapter 4. So this is where the Israelites are crossing over the River Jordan into the Promised Land. They, they've wandered around the wilderness for about 40 years. Joshua has taken over leadership from Moses, and, and we catch up with them today right as they're about to enter into the land that God promised them. In Joshua 3.17, it says, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. The, the Jordan was cut off. While all Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. What's interesting to think about is that how, just how big of a feat this is, I feel like we can read verses like this and, and just think, oh, it's just a couple of buddies that are crossing over a river, okay, let's, let's move on. What's next? But if we take time and pause and look at what's happening, is a whole river has just been cut off and the whole nation of Israel, which people have estimated to be about 2.5 million people, have just crossed over a river that is estimated to be about 100 feet across. People say that if one person crossed every second, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it would have taken them about 29 days to cross this river. Now, I think if we're conservative, multiple people could cross at the same time. So, but regardless, this is a huge feat. Getting 2.5 million people to do anything is hard. I mean, these, these people had kids, guys. Like, trying to get 200 kids to do something, mine thousands of kids to do something is hard. And if you don't believe me... We can have Pastor Brad give you an illustration next Sunday while you volunteer for Kids Church, okay? And so, so this is a huge feat as it is. All these people have been wandering around for 40 years. They're crossing over the river. They're probably tired, and, and, and it's just amazing to pause and reflect on what's happened. Okay, so let's read on said when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, "Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight." Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, to whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, "'Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up, each of you, a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask you in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord.'" When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. The word memorial here in the Greek when translated is to remember. God said to Joshua after the whole nation had passed over this river, he said, go back. He said, I know you guys just came over the river. I know you're tired. I know, I know you've, you've made this huge journey, but I want you to take time and I want you to take some stones from the middle of the river that you just crossed with you. I know you've probably been waiting 40 years for this moment and I know you're excited to get into the promised land, but I want you to take time and pause and bring with you something that you will always remember what I brought you through. He took 12 stones that will symbolize what God brought them through. He's saying, remember who I am. Set these stones up in a place that when you look at it, you will always remember and you'll never forget who I am. God is saying that you'll never forget my faithfulness. That you'll never forget my goodness. That you'll never forget my promises. That you'll never forget my miracles. That you'll never forget that I made a way where there seems no way. God is saying roads. I don't need roads. I am the way maker. I'm the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. I've not failed you yet. I'm not going to start now. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm, 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 I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. Can God get an amen, guys? God is saying, don't forget who I am. So bring with you something that you'll always remember. And I feel like God is saying to you today, don't forget who I am. I feel that God is saying some of you are facing challenges and situations today and and you're You're beginning to lose faith, and God is saying, remember who I am. Remember that I brought you through similar challenges. Remember what I've brought you through. Don't, don't, don't forget me now. And so our first stop in our Back to the Future DeLorean adventure today is looking back to Remember. We have this really neat thing we do here at Southbridge as a staff, and, and basically every time we come together as a, as a staff for a staff meeting, our executive pastor, John Cullen, creates space at the beginning of each meeting to take time to pause and to look back at the week that just passed and give time to celebrate and to share all that God is doing, you know, kind of share the wins of what's happened from this week. And I, and I love this. I think it's such a, an amazing time, but I remember when I first started to come to these meetings, and, and I I couldn't think of anything that was worth celebrating. Now, now, that's not because there wasn't things happening that was worth celebrating. It wasn't because God was, wasn't moving and, and things weren't happening and there wasn't wins. But it was because I was so fixed on coming to a staff meeting to prepare for what's ahead that I, I, I couldn't remember what just happened. And so what's been unique is that knowing that I'm coming to a staff meeting where this is going to happen, it's made me stop and pause more throughout the weeks to to remember like, oh, this is something that's worth sharing. This is something that's worth celebrating. It's made me more intentional to give notice to everything that's happening, how much we are to be grateful for. And because I think if we're honest, we're so quick to forget all that God has done. And God knows this. In Deuteronomy 6, it's the same message. He says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, this is the promised land, he said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, he said, with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of good things that you did not fill, systems that you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, Take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. God, throughout the Bible, is calling us to always remember all that he's done for us. We need to remember because our hearts are prone to wonder. We have spiritual amnesia. And given our propensity to forget, it's little uh, wonder that the memorials have played such an important factor in biblical history. You see, God called the the men, the 12 men to take up and set up memorials so they won't forget. These memorials was to be a, a reminder of what they've experienced. So today, I want you to consider with me what kind of memorials do you have in your life. Whether you realize it or not, we all have certain types of memorial in our lives. Uh, Maybe you don't have a pile of 12 rocks in your backyard like these guys did, but maybe it's memorials that are built of memories. Uh, The memories of people and places, uh, memories of places that you've been, things that have happened. uh, There are significant places in your life that can spark these memories. For me, It was the church that I talked to you guys about, the church where I got saved. Uh, For me, it's there that I gave my life to Christ at 17 years old. It was there later that I was called to preach for the very first time. It was there that I became a youth leader and got to lead students to Christ. That place is such a memorial in my life. It's such a special place, and it reminds me of all that God has done how, how far he's brought me, and it reminds me of his grace and his patience with me when I was a young Christian and had no idea what I was doing. And, and I'm sure for you, if you take time to look back, you have certain places in your life that hold those memorial moments. There, there are people that I know that have encouraged me to pursue ministry that supported me in Bible college and, and all these things that if I take time and reflect, I have so much to give thanks to our God for. And so what are your memorial moments Do do you have memorial moments? Are there some things that happened this year that are memorial moments that are worth remembering? For me, also, I have uh, mementos to the past. Uh, if you were to come to my house today and look around, uh, you'd see so many like miscellaneous objects that are all reminders of life experiences. Uh, mission trips, travels, first dates, movies that we've been to, tickets. Like, we, just, we just collect so many stuff. Me and my wife are not minimalists. We are memorialists. I, I made that word up, but, but it's so true. We're memorialists because we just like collect everything. We have magnets and mud from all the places we visit, but each time I, I look at them, I remember something that I've experienced. Um, each of my tattoos have have a story to remind me of where I've come from and what, what has happened in my life. This Bible that I have is the very first Bible that I, I bought with my, like, that somebody didn't give me, that I actually invested into this Bible, and, and this Bible has been everywhere with me. It's tattered, it's old, and like, like literally, like, books are, like, falling out. Oh, my gosh, I'm just I, I, I call it my travel Bible because I can literally take books of the Bible out and just travel with it. Um, but, and it's old, but it, but it reminds me of how far God has brought me, what he's done in my life. And, and I can't help but when I see things like this and remember me as a 17-year-old buying this Bible and reading through it and learning for the first time, I can't help but give God praise and celebrate all that he's done for me But how often, if we're honest, do we sit down and remember those memories and give thanks to God and all that He's done? My point is is that God knows how we think, and that is the very reason He instructs Joshua to build a memorial, so that each time the Israelites saw it, they would be reminded that they did not cross the Jordan in their own ability their own strength, but because of God. And so I challenge you, before we enter into the new year, spend some time thinking about your own memorial stones. Let them draw you closer to God and remind you of his goodness and his faithfulness. By doing so, it will also help ignite your faith and your heart for God. And that's our next stop on this Time Portal journey is looking back to reignite. It's funny, I remember when I was in Bible college, every year we would read through uh, the entirety of the Bible. And I always remembered when I got to the Israelites walking through the desert, and when they start to grumble and complain, and it's like, why have you brought me out here to die? It would have been better back in Egypt. I always remember that moment, because every time I came to it, I just used to stop and think, like, "How, how can you be grumbling and complaining right now? don't you remember all that God has done for you? I remember thinking, like, how can you doubt God? You've literally just been delivered from Pharaoh. He did all these crazy miracles. He made it rain frogs, bugs covered the land, water turned into blood. He then chased away from Pharaoh, and the Red Sea split, and the crash behind them, and all this crazy stuff. And then I look at the Israelites, and the doubting God. And I just remember thinking, like, don't you remember all that God has done. And there was one year where I was thinking that, I just felt the Holy Spirit prod me and say, don't you do the same thing? And it cooked so deep to my heart because if I'm honest with myself, I'm just like the Israelites. God can do amazing acts. God has delivered me time and time again. God has done so many amazing things. And when I'm faced with a similar situation, I begin to freak out and think to myself, what can I do? What can I do? How can I fix this? Rather than remembering God is faithful, God has brought me through this before. God brings us through trials, he answers prayers, but within a couple days it's almost like we've forgotten. We're already looking to the next struggle and finding reasons to grumble and complain. But we have to take time to remember God's faithfulness. And by doing so, remembering what God has brought you through will build your faith to take on newer challenges. Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. As we remember all that God has done, it should ignite our faith to remember that he's never failed as yet, He's not going to start now. It should, it should reignite our faith that there is no God great like our God. The Israelites entered into the promised land, and they just endured 40 years of spiritual defeat, and as they crossed the Jordan, they stepped in to a new beginning, a new dawn. Just like 2020 for us, some will see it as we're stepping in to a new beginning, The days of hopeless wandering in the wilderness was behind them. God delivered them. They were now a people with a new, powerful sense of purpose and promise, determined to take new territory for God. Likewise, for us as believers today, we should be able to look back and see those memorial moments when God changed our life and he gave us direction. Times when, when God never left us. Times when he we loved us even when we didn't deserve to be loved. Times when we acted on faith. Times when we went all in. Times when we saw God's faithfulness. That should cause faith to rise up in us. To believe that he's done it once. He can do it again. And so we'll step out in faith knowing what God has done in the past and take new territory in our life for the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay, and then our final stop on this journey is looking back to retell. All that God has done in our lives as we look back is for a greater purpose than yourself. Every, everybody's lives is a message. It should be a message of our Messiah. We should share all that God has done in our life with others. The memorial stones were of a basis of sharing faith with their children. It says in this chapter, it reminds parents of their responsibility to share God's word. It says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them the flow of the river Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When we cross the Jordan, which was cut off, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. If we were to read on, it reminds us again. He says in 21 to 23, he said, He said to the Israelites in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before, uh, before you until you had crossed. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just as he'd done to the Red Sea. He dried it up before all had crossed over. As with all other memorials in the Old Testament, the intention was to provoke questioning, especially from future generations. The memorial stones were to be a signpost to the lost world. The Bible says he did this so that all people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. It's always been God's plan that everybody should know that he is the only living God. Not only was crossing the Jordan a stirring event for the Israelites, but it was also an event that would aid as a message to others. Just like your own memories, we need to tell our stories. Tell your story. Keep clear memory of what God has done for you. Keep telling those stories, one, so you'll never lose sight and the awe of the wonder of all God has done, but also tell your stories to be a pointer To our Savior. When was the last time you shared your story of all that God has done in your own life? Don't be selfish with your story. Turn to the person sat next to you and say, Don't be selfish. Now turn to the other person sat next to you, the one that you really didn't want to turn to, (laughs) and say, And say, I'm not selfish, you're selfish. (laughs) I believe one of the most effective methods we have in sharing the gospel is by sharing our own story. Sharing the memories of our life with others. Sharing how God brought you out of darkness. Sharing how God gave you strength in your weakness. Sharing how you felt peace in the midst of a storm. Sharing how God made a way where there there's no way. You see, you don't need to be a scholar to share your story. You don't need to go to Bible school. You just need to share the story of who your Savior is. You may not have all the answers, but people can't argue with your personal experience to the gospel. So as you look back, I encourage you to share these stories with others. Share your testimonies of all that God has done. Share the goodness of God with your children, your family, and your friends. So, this is where I want to leave you guys today. This is where we're going to bring our DeLorean into land. And I encourage you guys, as we enter into 2020, take time to look back and remember all that God has done. Remember all that He is. Remember what He's brought you through. Remember His goodness, His faithfulness. His, His just God is good. And... And I know I I didn't have a a fun visual sermon illustration today. People came up to me and was like, what's what's your sermon illustration today? I said, I didn't have one. I couldn't get a DeLorean such short notice. I tried. Uh, But what I think is funny is the reason why I use visual illustrations is to help us remember what God is speaking. So I think it's ironic that I don't have a, a sermon illustration about remembering, but so this is, this is where I wanna challenge you guys. I want you guys to be the sermon illustration today. I want you guys, before we enter into 2020, Will you take time to share the stories of all that God has done? Maybe you can get together with your small groups and just share testimonies and share stories. Maybe you can just get with your families and and just set a time aside to intentionally share stories of all that God has done in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. So can you stand with me as we pray?